all profit is value extraction. And that means that all profit is theft from you. Corporate America is on welfare, and they've got to get them off welfare. Hey all, this is Bryant. Welcome to Cars and Comrades. This is sort of a bonus episode. I'll probably be putting this out on a bye week when we don't normally have an episode. And uh, I just had a couple things to talk about here just by myself. Um, I've got a story for you about a janky old Corrado that I sort of had possession of for about 12 hours, give or take. I also wanted to announce a couple things. Um, I'm moving house soon, uh, just to another suburb of Denver, not too far away. Um, but I might not be on the podcast as much during that time. Um, I'm not sure when this will come out, but that'll, that'll have ripple effects maybe. Um, but podcast is in capable hands. I think, uh, Connor's editing most of the new ones coming out in the next few weeks. But, uh, part of moving is I kind of want to get rid of my moped. I mentioned some parts about it in the past and, um, it's, uh, like I got it fixed up and running, like it drives or rides or whatever. Um, I had to cobble together a few different things from a couple different donor bikes and true up the wheel as best I could, which it still got a little bit of a wobble above 30 miles an hour. But, um, you know, it's, I took it for a 20 mile, uh, 20 mile round trip drive. I don't know, a week ago and, uh, yeah, it, it did okay. It, you know, cruises around 30 miles an hour, tops out around 40. But uh, I don't really want to move it to the new place. Uh, it would be a pain in the ass to ride it all the way over there or load it into a truck or something. So, um, and honestly, I, I'm kind of done messing with it. Like, it's it's fine, but, like, I, I've got other projects I want to make room for. Um, so if anyone wants to buy it, you know, hit me up on the social media and all that, and uh, we can make a deal. Um, another thing, I, I'm not sure if we mentioned this on air before, but, um, uh, one listener, uh, reported to us that our, uh, hosting wasn't working for a whole day. So, uh, it's back up now as of recording, um, but, it might be a little bit flaky. So we might move to a new hosting service. Uh, I'm not sure what, we haven't really researched that, but I think there's a way to, do that without losing the RSS feed and, you know, subscribers and all that. So we'll, we'll make more announcements as we figure things out. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, look for that. If, uh, if you need to switch your RSS feed to keep getting a subscription or keep getting new episodes. And then I also have this thing that a listener sent in it was this giant robot thing uh, as part of the nuclear aircraft project um, uh, for the U.S. Air Force. And it's it's this sort of, I don't know, mech suit robot thing that they were planning on using to maintain the airplanes. Uh, so it's basically just like a tank with a radiation-shielded box on top of it with a couple of robot arms. And their idea was they could service the reactor in the airplane 
uh, or, you know, radioactive parts after it's landed and um, without, you know, endangering the, the maintenance crews. So uh, this was, it was canceled in 61, uh, but this was, um, it was a collaboration between General Electric's uh, nuclear um, division, uh, the electronics division of General Mills, uh, yes, the company that makes breakfast cereal, and Jared Industries, which I'm not sure who that is, uh, so just for the sake of narrative, I'm going to assume it's the company that sells jewelry and like engagement rings and stuff. So this robot thing was called the Beetle, not the Volkswagen Beetle, uh, but the General Electric Beetle. And uh, so it cost a billion dollars in circa 1960 money uh, for the Air Force. And uh, it was built on a sort of a tank chassis, a M42 Duster self-propelled 40 millimeter anti-aircraft gun system. So the whole thing weighed 77 tons, uh, 500 horsepower Continental engine, which I think they normally make aircraft engines. I'm not really sure what that is, uh, but it had a supercharger, but a top speed of eight miles an hour. So it had this, uh, I don't know, cab or cockpit or whatever. It's this big old box with a whole bunch of radiation shielding around it. And then it was mounted on four hydraulic rams so it could raise up in the air up and down 27 feet so it could get up you know to the the top of the airplane if need be let's see and then it had uh, at least it had leaded glass that was two feet thick to absorb the radiation and then a, um, a hatch on the top which was lowered hydraulically onto the uh the the top so like it's this gigantic um, seven and a half ton hatch. So when you, uh, you, you better hope there's not a hydraulic failure uh, while you're inside of that thing. I mean, they did have a backup pump and a mechanical hand crank, but I don't know, that seems a little sketchy. <laughs> I'd, I'd be a little anxious being in there, a little claustrophobic. Um, so it had like TV cameras, like closed circuit TV cameras, so you could get a closer look on the end of the robot arms. I don't know, kind of a cool project. I, I don't know how um, car-related this is, but, you know, it relates to the nuclear-powered vehicles episode. So um, thanks to, uh, I forget the listener's name or online handle that sent this to us, but you know who you are. Um, yeah, I'm just scrolling through this article. I'll link it in the show notes. It's It's got some pretty cool... Like, it can pick up an egg without breaking it. So it's got a, I don't know, pretty refined system for circa 1960 that they built this thing. Um, so, yeah, let me... Uh, I'm going to get a drink of water here, and then I'll move on to the Corrado story. <clears throat> so when I was, uh, I don't know, 18 or so, just finishing up high school... Uh, someone I knew was uh, big into Volkswagens of all kind. Um, you know, mostly he had like a turbo golf or it was a, it was a VR6 golf that he put a turbo on. Um, anyways, he, 
he was joining the military. You know, I grew up in Colorado Springs. It's a military town. And uh, he, but right before he got shipped out to training or something, he um, called me up and said, hey, I've got this um, Volkswagen Corrado I'm going to buy. It's only $500. It's been sitting in a storage unit for like five years. Um, can I keep it at your house uh, while I go to training or whatever? I'm like, uh, yeah, I mean, we can talk about that. Um, if I help you fix it up, can I drive it sometimes? Because I didn't have a car back then. I you know, was just 18. I was borrowing my mom's minivan. Um, so he's like, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll bring it over and, and we can start cleaning it up and, and see what's wrong with it and get it running and, and drive it. Uh, so he did, he brought it over. Um, I forget if he towed it or what, but it had, um, since it had been in the storage unit for so long, mice had gotten in and built a nest in the back seat area. And there was mouse shit all over the in interior of the car. So it smelled pretty terrible. And, uh, we got a couple, you know, um, dust masks and, uh, a bunch of Febreze and cleaning products and, cleaned out the mouse nest and all the poop and vacuumed it out as best we could put a, you know, air freshener in there. Uh, and then I think we changed like spark plugs, um, oil, maybe a couple other things. And, uh, you know, it started right up. Uh, I'm sure we put new gas in it too. Um, and it was the G60 model, which is, I think a 1.8 liter supercharged four cylinder. So if you don't know, the Corrado is, this was like a 93, I think. Um, it's sort of like a, a fastback version of a Golf GTI. So it's, and I think it used some parts from like a Passat also, which was, you know, the larger Volkswagen sedan. Um, but it basically looks like a GTI with a, a Kambach or, um, you know, hat, uh, what do you call it? Fastback. Roof, roof line. Um, and it's sort of modeled after the Scirocco, uh, which was, you know, the first generation in the, in the eighties. And I think there was some other, um, there was some other origin in that whole thing. Um, I'll, I'll put in the show notes. There's a, um, a video that, uh, Jason Camisa did about the origins of the Corrado and, um, you know, how it, how it uh, sort of brought a sporty image to Volkswagen. Um, but anyways, this one, um, so it's supercharged. I think it makes like, I don't know, 160 horsepower. I should probably look this up. But, you know, it's nothing too crazy by modern standards. Um, but we took it around the block. It, you know, it was decent. And I was like, all right, this is my chance to have a car this summer before I go off to college. And, you know, and he comes back from uh, basic training and wants to do something with his car. Oh, and one more feature about it. It has a spoiler that pops up in the back at 60 miles an hour electronically. So it's, it, I don't know, it was, it's a pretty sophisticated German machine, at least for the early 90s. So we're, we're you know, proud of what we've done. We've gotten this old machine back up on the road and not as stinky as it used to be. So we park it. And then uh, my friend sleeps on the couch at my parents' house. And he's shipping off to basic training the next morning. And that night, 
a uh, drunk teenage driver plowed right into it head first, parked on the side of the road. So, uh, yeah, you know, it was a $500 car. It was totaled. You know, I forget exactly what the damage was, but I don't think it was even drivable at that moment. Um, and it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think they tracked down the, uh, the driver. It was pretty easy. Like there's a, a trail of broken car parts and vomit along the road and, I don't know. She lived just a couple blocks over, but um, yeah, I don't know. I I had that that hope of a uh, you know kind of cool car for the summer, and then it was snatched away from me at the last minute. So yeah, my uh, my friend had to go off to basic training, and then uh, me and my parents had to help him figure out the insurance claim and getting it off to the salvage yard or whatever. So fun stuff, yeah. Um, I think that's all I've got for this one. You know, it's like I said, it's going to be a shorter bonus episode. Uh, me and Brandon were talking about doing these in the future on off weeks. Uh, so if we have some story that doesn't really fit into a larger episode, so yeah, I don't know. Um, like, and subscribe. Uh, I don't know. I'm not on YouTube. What, a, what, what, a, what do we say? I don't know. Check out our social media. Um, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, Twitter, Xbear. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. It'll be in the show notes. So have a good week, y'all. Talk to you later. We don't make pay five and five bits. We make you pay five and water bits. We gonna fight riches and not riches, but we're gonna fight the solidarity. We said we're not gonna fight capitalism with black capitalism, but we're going to fight the socialism. <laughs> Amazingly, or not so amazingly, Cuba's crime rate is one of the lowest in the entire hemispheres. Oddly enough, it seems that when people have their basic human needs met, they're less likely to commit crimes. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. The free market mythology, it argues that the most ruthless, selfish, opportunistic, greedy, calculating plunderers applying the most heartless measures in cold-blooded pursuit of corporate interest and wealth accumulation will produce the best results for all of us. Through something called the invisible hand. <laughs> what are you smiling about? Dude, I almost had you.